This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's betting the ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, guys, back here another episode betting the ponies, Bet Rivers Network. Monzo and Malusis with you and Moose. We lost two weeks yes. now from the Kentucky Derby. Two weeks from the big event. I'm excited. We are done with prep races. We've picked many of them. Picked many of them pretty well. Some of them we were horrific. That's the game. And we got four races for you guys today. Stakes races at Oakland and Keeneland Moose. But uh, first, uh, you know, I got to talk about something I was very wrong about. Uh, and he was my number two pick last week. Disarm is not a Kentucky Derby horse. He's just not. He's not no, a Kentucky he's Derby not. horse. Um, I was trying to think if during the Lexington, in which I picked him and he was the favorite, I, or the second choice, actually, w- were they running for third because that's all he needed or was it just a disappointing effort? And I just think it was a disappointing effort. He, uh, they, you know, he had a good trip, just didn't have na- nothing when they turned for home, didn't have any jump. And I'm thinking as I watched a couple of his races again, you know, great pedigree, great barn. He might be a seven furlong to a mile horse. And that that he's going to run in the derby, you know, and, and I'll throw him in, in, in exactos and triples just because you never know. But, you know, as far as a win play, not for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, but, I mean, I, I think you got to know the limitations and everyone's going to take. And that's where you have to be a couple weeks from now. You got to look at the list and have to realize that there's some that are just going to be there that don't have a realistic shot of doing anything or finishing in the exotics. And those are the horses that you're going to cross off. And, you know, Disarm Disarm is one that is talented, but I agree with you. I think he's probably a one-turn horse. I think you could see him have success, uh, you know, one-turn mile races at at Belmont Park or, you know, up at Saratoga running seven furlongs, something like that. I don't think he is a case of running out of that new shoot where it's like one and a half turns. I I just don't think he's a classic distance horse when you look at Disarm. I think he'll be honest, but yeah, I mean, you're apologizing. I've got to apologize to everybody for my picks because they've been terrible. My picks have been awful. They've been running up the track. Got to find some winners. I know we're going to run through four races today, two at Oaklawn and two at Keeneland that are going to be run on Saturday. And some of the stakes action this weekend as we ramp up and up uh, uh, toward the Derby, as you mentioned, Monzo, to a couple weeks, but... Uh, my picks, I've been better at picking names than I have been actually handicapping the form and picking races. Yeah, it was the first time. Which in- is a problem. <laughs> uh, it's the first time in a couple of weeks we didn't give it a double-digit winner. So we'll try and get back to doing that today. Uh, next week, just to give a, a glance at what we'll be doing, we'll do kind of a similar podcast we're doing today next week. Uh, big Kentucky Derby preview we'll do. We'll give out uh, every horse, every race. We'll have a guest on. It'll be a lot of fun as we get ready for the Triple Crown Series, which is coming up. In two weeks, like Moose said, four stakes races for us to look at this week. We're going to start at Oaklawn, uh, a nice race, the Oaklawn uh, handicap. It's a great two events, a mile and an eighth on the dirt, Moose, and a lot of familiar names. We've actually we've picked uh, we picked the Essex a few weeks ago on this podcast. 
both and you and I were against Last Samurai, and I think for the right reasons, but, you know, Last Samurai at the age of five has really turned it up and it's become a good, good older horse. Yeah, Last Samurai, yeah, no question. I mean, you you look at uh, what he's been able to do now for D. Wayne Lucas, buyer speed figures have ticked up, uh, won the last two races, two to one on the morning line in the Oaklawn Park uh, handicap that's going to be run at uh, a mile and eighth. I'd be a little, and has had a lot of success at Oaklawn Park, nine races, four wins, two seconds. So I've never been a huge fan of the the son of Malibu Moon, but uh, he's turned a corner, no doubt, in his uh, five-year-old campaign. No, he's got some good horses to run against, and that's going to include my choice, and that's the outside horse, Charge It. Who is going to be the eight to five morning line favorite? I don't know if that's going to hold up. I, I wouldn't be shocked if last samurai uh, any scratches pending goes off as a favorite. But what I like about Charge It, first of all, we both like Charge It last year. Uh, yeah, real banged up. Uh, the son of Tappet, a lot of promise. He ran really well in the Dwyer. I mean, won by twenty three lengths back at Belmont in July. Came back this year off the layoff, a solid win in the claiming race. Disappointed in the Gulfstream Park Mile. Now, what I like here is uh, Pletcher, who's done a lot of things right. In 2023, uh, with his horses, goes back to the A rider, Luis Saez, throws blinkers on. I think he's going to be a lot closer today. Uh, actually, he typically runs on this pace, but I wonder if they're going to send him to the lead. And that's why they threw blinkers on this horse. He's got a, a rider, Luis Saez, who loves going to the lead. Now, I think is we're not messing around, we're not going to rate, send Charger from the outside. I don't care if I don't care that Classic Causeway's in this race, beat him to the lead, try and take this field gate wire. And this horse has the talent with that pedigree to run forever. Uh, charge it to me is my top pick. I do think if we're looking at a speed favoring track, I'm going to use classic Causeway underneath who, if you look at classic Causeway, like him or not, he always runs deceptively well and you know his game. So I think he's going to be sitting up there. We might see these two horses on the lead. I wouldn't be shocked if they just go all the way around the track and finish one, two. I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw out last samurai just because I just, I just don't see him being a great, short price favorite consistently and that's where you're going to get again here so i'm going to throw him out here i'm going to use stiletto boy uh who's put up some really good speed figures won the sanity the handicap at a price uh so those are going to be my three charge it classic causeway stiletto boy in the oakland handicap yeah i'm going with a horse that you didn't pick and and maybe that's going to be to the downfall of me yet again for another week on this podcast but i like the four proxy michael stidham rosario third start off of the extended break um you know, and you know, you look at it. The son of Tappet is uh, is now a five year old. Has had you know graded graded experience. Uh, you know, the Grade Two Stephen F. Foster, the Clark, uh, went down to Gulfstream Park and um, and ran in the Santa Anita Handicap last race out west. It gets the Go Rider Joel Rosario. Rosario's had a lot of success in three previous mounts. Is one two uh, one one finished third, finished fifth. Never ridden, never raced at Oaklawn Park, one for seven at the distance, but has come in the money in six of those seven occasions. I don't know. I, I look at it, I think you look at ascending buyer speed figures in his two starts this year as uh as uh as a five year old, ninety-six then ninety-seven. I could think you could make an argument that maybe proxy is rounding into his best form. Um that's why I went with top on top five to one, four to one on the morning line for Michael Stidham. Uh, I like Last Samurai. I'm going to use him underneath. I would agree with you about you know maybe using Stiletto Boy underneath. I think it's going to take some beating when you look at Charge It. I'm curious to see exactly you know is Charge It going to be able to get the race his own way when you look at it. He's been more of a case of being being toward the front. Is it a case where maybe Classic Causeway Charge It 
are are near the front end um, when you look at it. There's no doubt the son of Tappet can run all day. I don't think the distance is going to be an issue. And if he goes out and fires the race that he did in the Dwyer at Belmont Park last July, uh, where he ran a 111 buyer speed figure, they'll all be running for second place. I don't think he does. Um, and I think you got to use him underneath. I think you got to use classic Causeway underneath as well. I think Proxy fits or sits right off the pace. Um, at Oakland Park in this race, four to one on the morning line. As long as I don't get you and I and John, our buddy John from Orange, joke around about getting Rosario'd. And we all like Joel Rosario, and he's a tremendous finishing jockey. There's no question about it. He's one of the strongest jockeys in all of North America. With all that being said, there are times, though, where he can find trouble where there should not be trouble. So I think if Proxy gets a good run, I'd be surprised if he's not there the final eighth of a mile with an opportunity to win the race. That's why I'm going to put him on top uh, at 4-1 to one on the morning line. Race 11, Oaklawn Moose, the bathhouse row for three-year-olds, a mile and an eighth on the dirt at Oaklawn. And uh, something, speaking of Joel Rosario, he's going to be on the morning line favorite, Red Route 1. Uh, finished certainly a disappointing sixth in the Arkansas Derby uh, three weeks ago, but I can't take now. You have a field, a pretty solid field, the nine horses uh, in this race. I can't take Red Route One at two to one, uh, a horse that's only coming from the race. clouds. Yeah, it's just uh, I understand why he's the morning line favorite. I understand why he's short. That to me is way too short. A horse I really like. I'm going to single this horse uh, and call this my best bet of the day. The outside horse, the nine Tappet Shoes, out of Tappet. Obviously, I, I love going with horses in that direction. But what I like. An angle I've talked about is a horse that's getting better. Uh, he debuted on the slop, didn't do anything, came out, won a, a really, really solid baiting claiming race, winning by seven lengths uh, at the fairgrounds, came back on a speed-favoring track. If you look at the past performances, the S next to the first quarter-mile number uh, means that track was favoring speed that day, and so was that race. You know, he, he wasn't on the lead, and he ran a, a pretty decent fourth uh, in a track that wasn't playing with all the closers. Uh, the next race, he goes out. Luis Saez sits just off the pace, doesn't win, but hangs on and battles. And he's getting better and he's getting better. And there's, to me, there's nobody in this field that like is a, is a lock. There's no one that I think is so much better than anybody else. So if I'm going to get three and a half to one on a horse that's getting better uh, with a good rider, great trainer and Brad Cox, uh, to me, that's your play. And I like the outside draw. He's going to be able to navigate his own trip, which I think is going to be close to the lead. Uh, the nine, Tappet Shoes, seven to two on the morning line. Now, I do like uh, the other Brad Cox horse for Louis, with Luis Saez, Victory Formation, a horse that I think will be on the lead. Uh, and these two can be dueling down the stretch. Uh, this one, this is funny. This one's out of Tapperit, who came out of Tappet. So, yep. uh, a lot of family here. Tapperit, winner of the Belmont Stakes a few years ago, uh, when I finally got back to you for the whole testing creator fiasco, uh, when it was Tapperit over Irish War Cry, I believe. Yes, Irish war cry. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of time. I love that jersey, bread. <laughs> yes, you did. You thought he was going to win the Kentucky Derby when he when Rajiv Mirage looked backwards. When he, well, when he looked around him, entering the top of the stretch, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to win by daylight. No horse has ever gone from loaded to empty in less strides than Irish war cry. Do you remember where we were when we watched Irish war cry win, Irish war cry win the Wood Memorial? We were at a restaurant in Point Pleasant. That's exactly right. Enjoying like we, we, Donna and I took the boys and Donna's mom came down. We went for an Easter egg hunt on the beach on the Jersey shore. And then we met Monzo Jade and his family. How many kids you have at that time? I think it was like five, right? Maybe six. It might've been. It's a coin. It could have been. Yeah. So, and my phone that day. 
and then we and then we were watching the races as we were there and enjoying a nice dinner and having a few uh, a few cocktails and it was a fun night. It was a right. good night. And I was sitting there screaming at the kids and we're checking out our you know our six inch phones so we can watch uh, the Wood Memorial and I believe the bluegrass was that day as well. Um, so it's funny. All of our stories turn into you and I watching horse racing on our phone from some remote location. That is true. You're right. Thank God for smartphones. Um, uh, so, yeah, to, to me in this race, tap it shoes over victory formation. Uh, I think it's going to be a good race, but I don't love the favorite Red Route 1 at a short price. Yeah, I don't like Red Route 1 either. I, I mean, it's it's hard for me to to make the claim that now, you know, the Asmussen trainee who's got no early foot, who comes from the absolute clouds, and banking on that at at two to one, maybe less. I, I think it's a lot of work for him to go out there and do. Now it's not like you're looking at a twelve horse field; it's a nine horse field. But still, if there's enough separation, it's going to kind of negate uh, what and make up for too much distance that Red Route One has to make up entering the stretch. And I think that's going to be the case. So yeah, I'm not belt playing the four. I land on a horse that I think is going to be forwardly placed, similar to the previous race that we talked about. I like the seven, two Eagles River. Um, out of cloud computing, you, know, you look at the trainer and jockey combination, not a, one that's going to exactly excite you. It's not like it's uh, Todd Pletcher and Arad Ortiz or Jose Ortiz. However, you know, ran in the Arkansas Derby, maybe kind of overstep his bounds a little bit. Uh, didn't run all that well, but was well backed, was eight to one that day. Uh, look at the previous buyer speed figure of 91 in, you know, an open, uh, you know, claiming event, uh, you know, at a, a good person, a hundred thousand has very, very good, you know, decent, uh, numbers at Oakland park, you know, it's coming the money three or four occasions. I, I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like this field does fit. I like the seven, six exact. I'd put victory formation, um, uh, underneath. I would use Monzo's tap it shoes as well. I'm completely, I'm going to try and my goal in this race is to get the four red route one out of it. So I'm going to go seven, six, nine. I'm going to play an exact box seven, six, but I like two Eagles river, the seven and four to one on the morning line on top. Well, Moose, if you keep hitting winners, then you can explain how you actually manned up and ponied up some money to go to the Rangers devils game last night. I couldn't believe it. When you told me you paid for your tickets. Yeah, dude. Why am why am I cheap? <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying. Every time I see Moose at an event, I'm like, God, who do you hit up for the free tickets? <laughs> <laughs> you're funny. You're not wrong, but you're funny. Uh, you're, yes, I. We went to game two down at the Rock. I, I, I bought the tech. I bought the tickets through the Devils. The boys had a, a great time. Unbelievable time. I think Monzo. I, I agree with you. I think. Once I told him I actually spent money on the tickets, Monzo was completely and utterly stunned. So, but the Rangers responded. I wanted to see them, you know, for the boys, for my three boys, uh, Jackson, Paul, and Gregory, for them to win. And they not only won, they they won the game by daylight, five to one. And everyone scored that he wanted to see. Tarasenko, Kane, Kako, two goals from Chris Kreider. Give me the primal scream after a deflection in front. It was great. It was an unbelievable night. But it thank was. you to the Devils, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right we got a couple more races coming up uh we got some great horse racing names we are going to shoot down to keeneland now uh it's a great meet keeneland moose every oh it's thing. awesome uh we've gotten lucky with the weather uh you, you you find a lot of good horses you find some price horses you see a lot of two-year-olds uh that are just getting their careers going and you see some great three-year-olds going as we get ready for the kentucky derby and you get to see a lot of older turf horses and that's what you get here 
in the gray two elk horn, a mile and a half on the Keeneland turf moose, a lot of familiar names. If you've been listening to us do this podcast either here or we've done it elsewhere or followed us on Twitter or just know the game itself, Channel Maker, can't believe he's still going, nine-year-old uh, Channel Maker. I feel like we've been watching Channel Maker forever. We have uh, over $3 million. Think about this. Channel Maker has run 21 races entering Saturday at a mile and a half. That's unbelievable. And he's won over $3 million of purse money, uh, nine wins, a heck of a career uh, for your guy, Bill Mott, uh, Channel Maker. Clearly, just just uh, they the I hate the term cool horse. You know, it's just so overused when it comes to an older horse that keeps going. No doubt, certainly a uh, a really awesome horse, and I'm glad he's still going. Value Engineering, Rising Empire. Turn the page here. Another mystery. Red Knight, uh, another Moose favorite. Shorty, 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 who we've seen run at Saratoga many times. House Street, Highest Honors. Uh, Tis the Bomb, who I, I can't believe you picked uh, two uh, races ago in uh, at Fairgrounds, but uh, overall, I, I think. A good race, not a great field, but a good race. And I think you can actually get a Chad Brown horse at a little bit of a price here. Uh, I really honors. like the eight. Yeah, I really yeah. like the eight highest honors in this race. Uh, You're not a little I concerned think, when you look at this horse 0 for 4 at the distance? Uh, uh, no, for this reason. Chad has been lights out of Keeneland. He's 5 for 13. He's sending his horses in the right spot. And there's no speed in this race. So uh, I think he, this horse is going to be able to navigate the trip that he wants. And I think that's going to be one or two lengths off the field. Last race, uh, off the layoff, uh, back at Gulfstream. First off, I, it's so tricky if you're a deep closer running at Gulfstream. I, it's just not a long stretch. This horse was eight, nine lengths back. Uh, it just was too much to overcome. I think he'll be able to navigate his trip here. And there's nobody great in this field. I mean, Red Knight's a good horse, not great. Channel Maker, as much as we love him, he's... You know, he's on the downside of his career. Value Engineering, who actually has gotten better since since Chad Brown let him go, uh, is a good horse, but not great. I think we get the opportunity here to get Chad at a price. And 5-1 to one on the morning line, gets the A rider and I ride Ortiz. Uh, I think this is the kind of field that this horse can win against. Uh, and I think the fact that there's no real speed, there's nobody that has to be in a lead. Channel Meeker probably will go to lead. Tis the bomb doesn't go to the lead you know it's just nobody here that needs the lead and i think highest honor is going to be sitting close and i just think this horse is going to kick away late uh for chad brown and i rider tease highest honor is my top pick i also have value engineering here who as i mentioned has been getting better but i don't think will win this race and i don't think is better than highest honors so those are my two i'm going to play that exact uh highest honors at five to one over value engineering at seven to two on the morning line yeah, I mean, it's hard to – I was between two horses. I was between Monzo's eight highest honors. I got spooked by the fact that he's 0 for 4 um, and got scared off by the fact that he's 0 for 4 um, at the distance. Um, so that kind of – that scared me. I I went to it, and if you've been around the game a lot, you, you know this. Michael Maker is an unbelievable turf trainer. He just is. He's also an unbelievable turf trainer when he takes over – for other really good trainers, and that horse continues um, their career with him um, and is able to still find that class, find that quality, easy, even as they get older. And that's why I landed on the two-value engineering. Uh, at a lemon drop kid, Gaffleon aboard, I think he's going to work a trip. Like Monzo mentioned that there's not much speed in the race. I, I don't disagree with him. I'm not going to tell you that there's going to be a lot of speed. And that's some of the issues when you look at longer distance turf horses and turf races in North America, especially if you're looking non-West Coast long distance turf races in North America is sometimes they crawl up front. 
and and make it an absolute sprint. So you have to be really, really careful when you're handicapping races and think that it's going to run true to form when that's not necessarily the case. If they're going to go 52 or 53 seconds to the half in a mile and a half race, well, it's going to really negate the closing punch of anybody flying down the lane. So that's kind of a handicapping tip when you're taking a look at it. I just think value engineering is getting better now with Michael Maker. He's an unbelievable turf trainer, unbelievable trainer with older horses as well. They've got some back classes. Uh, I love the fact that his last buyer speed figure down at Gulfstream Park, um, you know, was a was a ninety nine. Um, you know, hasn't run maybe necessarily at, at this kind of level when you compare him back class as compared to say Channel Maker or even Red Knight or if even if you're looking at Monzo's top pick, you know, highest honors. However, um, I think he fits. I do. And, you know, I like the fact that Gaffleon takes the call for Maker. They've had success together. Um, I think the the distance and the trip are going to suit him. I'll take him at seven to two on the morning line. I'm taking. I'm playing a two eight exacta. I'm going to try and get. Um, I don't have to tell you how why I like eight. Uh, you know, highest honors because Monzo just told you. I think there's a lot to like him, and I I don't disagree with any of his logic in handicapping the race. Those are the two horses that I was between. I don't think Channel Maker is anywhere close. Like I hope he takes a ton of money to where he once was. Uh, even with John Velasquez getting the ride for him on him, I'm going to play a two, eight exacta and I might sprinkle in. I probably will sprinkle in the five, another former Bill Mott trainee taking over for him is Michael maker. He's been really good. Um, you know, it was a good long distance race on, on the Naira racehorse on the Naira circuit. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go two, eight, five, but I'm going to box the two, eight exacta on top and play the two on top. So we just gave you eight, two, two, eight. So, you know, where we are that day. So it's going to be uh, you and I are on the same two. Let's get that home. Uh, play it big. Play it. Play it. My massive moose. Play it all. You know everything you get. Everything you. you everything you, I want. Whatever you pay for your kids' hockey equipment, throw it all on that exacta. <laughs> Dude, I we just order new equipment. Do you understand the price tag of what hockey gear is? You I know. played. I do. Dude, it's expensive. It's not cheap. Hey, listen. Did right. you do a lot of, when you were training, when you were a young kid playing hockey, did you right. do a lot of off-ice training as well? Just like once a week. Okay, yeah. Yeah, once That's a week. a lot. Um, yeah, and, you know, me with my kids that play hockey, I'm like, yeah, those, those skates still fit. Just get your feet in there. Yeah, just show, yeah, shove your foot in. I can't feel my toes. You're okay. All right, don't wear socks this week. Yeah, exactly. You're all right. All right, coming up on Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers Network, the best names of the weekend. I have a little bit of a trend going here. And that is I'm looking for horses that have some sort of wrestling connection. And I found a couple of really good ones. Moose, you have looked for horses that are sounded like pirates, that are naked, uh, that are drinking. You, Yeah, uh, I, I just look for funny names. So, And you know what? We've hit a couple of winners doing this. So we're going to try and give you a couple more this weekend. Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, guys, back here on Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. I only bet the names. This is your segment where we go through all the tracks, all the races, and look for some names that we don't look at. We don't handicap the race. We don't look at past performances. We merely look at the horse's name, check out the odds. Typically, it's a long shot. And we see if we can get you guys a winner by only betting the names. And I got five for you this week. So uh, I Whoa, got five got names. <laughs> You got five. Let's hear. Five. Why don't you go through your five? I got a couple. Why, let's hear your five. What, what five you got? Well, I'm really all over the place. Race two at Golden Gate, one of my, my favorites. A uh, little dedication to 
uh, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, smile and profile, three to one. Oh, so uh, smile and profile, three to one. Race two at Golden Gate Fields on Saturday. Race nine, Laurel Park, uh, the three. Punkin, P U N K I N, after CM Punk, five to one on the morning line. That's race nine at uh, Laurel Park. Race nine at Gulfstream Park. We're just we're not even gonna we're not even gonna hide it. This is one thousand percent for Ric Flair. Uh, the seven horse, fifteen to one, Nature Boy. Very nice. I love so that. Two Ric Flair references out of the top three to first three here. Uh, I not only bet the names. Race six at Tampa on Saturday, the five, uh, fifteen to one on Savage. Okay, man, Randy Savage, fifteen to one. Race five uh, at Tampa on Saturday, and another one for you here, Moose. Race seven at Woodbine, the one horse, Tasman. Eight to one on the morning line for oh, for Taz, partner, uh, the great Taz, Long Island's own. Uh, so yeah, a lot of wrestling references for me. I love that. Love looking for him. And so many you can find them every week. I don't know if it's intentional a lot. I would venture to say Smile and Profile and Nature Boy have something to do with Ric Flair. I would think uh, so. Tasman and and Savage and Pumpkin probably are not wrestling references. But if you're a wrestling fan, and you see that that's where your head goes, and that's why I like betting these horses purely on the name so smile and profile the second race at golf golden gate on saturday race nine at laurel park pumpkin five to one race nine at Gulfstream park uh the seven nature boy 15 to one race six at tampa the five savage 15 to one and finally race seven at woodbine the one horse tasman eight to one all right i'm surprised you didn't go with this one i went to santa anita race one number four that is uh phenom mm. three to one on the morning line Ooh. who's the phenom in wrestling well, there's the phenomenal AJ Styles, right? Where you're going? Oh, the Phenom is the Undertaker. Yes, so, yes. So there, there's two. You can kind of do two right there. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, my boys are huge Undertaker fans, so I went with the Phenom, uh, three to one on the morning line, the number four at Santa Anita. Let's go to race three at Santa Anita, uh, twelve, uh, two to one on the morning line, the number three, uh, because I'm constantly cutting up apples for my kids. Apple Warrior. That's is that your nickname, Dad? The Apple Warrior. No, I would. I imagine being the, like the Apple Warrior. Listen, that ha, horses love apples. So Lord knows how many apples that horse is eaten by day. Right. Uh, race five, uh, number six. Uh, I'd go fifteen to one on the morning line. Trumped. I saw that one. I did that. <laughs> I did see that. I'm like, who's if I pick that horse? <laughs> You're welcome, Trump. John. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, that is it. And then I, I had to do this one. Race eight, uh, because your last name is Monzo. My last name is uh, Malusis. Uh, race eight at Santa Anita, the number seven, uh, four to one on the morning line. M is for magic. There you go. What was that? What was the morning line odds? Four to one. I will. I'll play that. We'll we'll play that. And we'll we'll uh, we'll see. We got to play that. It's a turf race too. Six and a half furlongs on the turf. Lone speed, hopefully. <laughs> Erton and Pereira. There Peter Erton training good connections. Good connections. That's it. Good connections. M is for magic. Four to one on the morning line at Santa Anita. So that's uh, what that's eight horses that we only picked by the names. We'll see. Eight, you know, maybe we'll go one for eight and be profitable, especially if we hit a fifteen to one. You know. That's it. So I've got M is for Magic, uh, race eight at Santa Anita. That is the number seven. Race three at Santa Anita, number three, Apple Warrior. Race one at Santa Anita, number four, uh, Phenom, a three to one on the morning line. And then uh, 
for our buddy uh, John at Santa Anita. Uh, race five, uh, number six, trumped 15 to one on the morning line. Well, my math is horrible, so that's nine total. So that is nine. We will uh, have nine. I only bet the name horses this weekend. Coming up on Betting the Ponies, race nine. We're going to go over race nine to Keeneland. The top of the stretch time, Monzo. Top of the stretch. We're two weeks away from the Kentucky Derby. We're going to give our Kentucky Derby ratings again next week. We're going to have to reevaluate after the disarm disaster. So we will reevaluate that. We'll come back next week with that. But coming up next on I own on uh, Betting the Ponies is the Ben Ali top of the stretch, the best race, the one race you want to watch and bet this weekend. We got that next. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers Network, Monzo, Malusis, Moose, it's time for the top of the stretch, the best race this weekend, the one race that if you're going to play, you want to bet this race, and we think it's the ninth race at Keeneland on Saturday, which is the grade three, uh, Ben Ali, mile and three sixteenths on the Keeneland Dirt Moose, and this is for four-year-olds and upward. Uh, pretty good field, uh, not a, a large field, but uh, a race here where – you know, I think, again, the favorite, Skippy Longstocking, who you liked a few weeks ago at Tampa, I, I think is a little bit of a vulnerable favorite, and I think you can look elsewhere. I'm not sure if you did. I know yeah, I did. Um, I'm curious to where you went. I, I, I don't have that. I, I really don't have the, the guts to, to fire out. I mean, I'm, one of the only winners I picked on this podcast was Skippy Longstocking. I think it was like one to nine that day. Uh, <laughs> In Tampa, I, I can't fire out another seven to five shot. Like I, I just can't. And then, and then Monzo after skipping a long stocking one, he's like, tweet it out. I go, dude, I can't. Like I, I, I've got a little sense of pride, not much, but I've got a little sense of pride. Like Monzo's tweeting out thirty dollar winners. I hit this, I hit that. Exactus trifectas, like he's booking trips to Disney and Hawaii and this and that. Like uh, you know, and and I'm I'm tweeting out. I've I picked a horse that went off at like. Uh, two to five in Skippy Longstocking in Tampa that anybody could go out there and pick. So, no, I'm not going to go with Skippy Longstocking again in the ninth race at Keeneland. Uh, I'm going with the five rattle and roll. I'm not sure. Like, you're going to say, well, Moose, you know, Moosey, is he good enough? We're going to find out. Like, we are. Like, I'm going to go on the idea coming out of the New Orleans handicap in which he fired out a 100 buyer speed figure. You know, lost that day, finished fourth. But, you know, I thought ran a pretty good race. Uh, That could improve second race here as a four-year-old. Was never a huge rattle and roll fan as a three-year-old. Ran a number of grade ones, grade twos, grade threes over the course of his career. You know, one for three at Keeneland, 0 for one at the distance. You know, you're going to get three to one. It's not a great field. Like, that. that's the other thing when you look at this race. I, I, I do think that... You know, if you're going to look at it, Skippy Longstocking, a deserving seven to five morning line favorite, yeah, probably for Safi Joseph and I, Rad Ortiz. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you that I think Rattle and Roll. I'm gonna go on an idea that I'm gonna project Rattle and Roll improves, builds off the fairground performance. If he's able to do that, I think then he's gonna be good enough to win this race, and I'll take him at three to one on the morning line. Yeah, I, that was the. That- Rattle and Roll was the horse that I was looking at, and he's he's my second choice in this race. What I liked about it is if you go back to the last race, if you just dismiss Westwell Power, who was so much better than everybody else that day, you know, this horse finished a length or two behind Art Collector and behind Mr. Wireless, who ran big races. 
so he actually ran a deceptively good race, and the buyer speed figure showed that. Uh, so I totally get why you went with Radamel, who's got some of the best buyer speed figures in this race. The horse I landed on is the outside horse, the seven, Tawny Port. Okay. Who, uh, the reason I went here, third off the layoff, he's gotten he got better the second try. Uh, he was a little slow. He was a little wide. He wasn't even close to the favorite, but I like the fact that one Brad Cox, who's running at almost 50% of Keeneland right now, adds blinkers and gets an A rider, gets Flavian Pratt in a race where I think they're going to try and mix things up a little bit and be a little closer. This horse typically comes well off the pace. There's not a lot of pace here. I think with the additional blinkers, with the additional Flavian Pratt, who's a very aggressive rider, we both know that. Uh, and with Cox firing out winners left and right, I mean, these two, when these two get together, they're winning almost 40%. So I, I think he wants to get this horse right. I think he's adding the equipment. I think he's putting him in a field that's good, not great. And we're going to see if Tony Port is going to be a factor as a four-year-old. They paid a lot of money for him, comes out of Pioneer of the Mile, Pioneer of the Nile, also the sire of American Pharaoh. Uh, a lot to like about this horse who's been kind of up and down his career is four for 11. I mean, that's pretty good and has a win at Keeneland, won the Lexington last year. Uh, you know, relatively easily over uh, an okay field. But as a four-year-old, he struggled. They're going to try and get him right here. And this is the race. I think he's going to do it. I love the outside draw. It's only a seven-horse field. And I love Flavian Pratt getting the board. So Tawny Port, eight to one on the morning line with the blinkers is my top pick. And rattle and roll is my second. I'm going to box those on top. I really like those two. The other horse I liked a little bit in this race uh, was actually the one, Pioneer of Medina, who uh, I think... I think you just have to throw out the last race. It was just West Will Power was so good. And if you go past that race, the three before that, the Mine Chef, uh, the Harlan, uh, the big cl- the claiming race. Yeah, he's I, good enough. He's good enough. Is, is he, yeah. you know, if you can just look at last, last, put a line through the last race, you know, you're getting three and a half to one. Not a Pletcher horse. Pletcher, as we've talked about a million times, has, you know, everything going for him. He gets a good Ryler and Tyler Gaffleone. And, and I, I, it's the inside draw maybe is a little bit of a concern, but. Uh, I, I think this race could set up for him to hit the board. So those are my three: Tawny Port, Rattle and Roll, and a Pioneer of uh, Pioneer of Medina in the ninth. The Ben Ali, the Great Three event at Keeneland. Yeah, I think you got to protect yourself and use the four Skippy Long Stocking underneath as well. But um, the two, my top two, two choices were the the five one. Um, for everything Monza said about Pioneer Medina. Then you got to throw that out. Other than that, previous two races were good enough in grade three events. Um, I, I'd use him uh, underneath, and I would also use Monzo's uh, Tony Port underneath. So I'm going to kind of key. I'm probably going to I'm going to follow up because we always have to do that. Monzo Malusa's exact the box. You got to play the five seven exact the box, and then I'm going to key the five on top, including a win bet, and play the five on top of the seven. The four is a saver, and the one. Uh, and do something like that to try and uh, to try and bang home a nice exact and see if rattle and roll is good enough uh, in the uh, in the, at Keeneland. So we went over four races. Moose, you have a best bet of the four. Do you have a horse you like a little more than the others? I can um, tell you right now, it, to me, it's the eleventh at Oaklawn. Tappet Shoes, my best bet of the weekend. Seven mm-hmm. to two on the morning line. A lot to like there. Love the outside draw. Tappet Shoes of the four we picked is my best bet of the weekend. Yeah, mine's the two value engineering race eight at Keeneland. Um, in the Elkhorn, the grade two event, mile and a half. Uh, Monzo and I both love turf racing. You'll see that. Brian's really good at it as well. Um, uh, I run hot and cold here or there. But um, 
turf racing is really a, a spectacular way of because you do, are able to find and get great values and and trip does mean something um and i love long distance racing as well for everything i said i think mike maker improves horses i think he's seen an improvement here um as a seven-year-old i thought he was always talented for chad brown i think he's going to sit the trip being a son of lemon drop kid i don't think the distance is going to be an issue uh, one time at a mile and a half, finished second. No experience at Keeneland. That doesn't necessarily bother me. Um, I don't think he's a product of being on soft turf or hard turf or anything like that. So I'm going to take the two value engineering and race eight. It's Keeneland, seven to two on the morning line. That would be my best bet of the day. Uh, one thing before we wrap up, I wanted to touch on, and we didn't pick the race last week. And I don't know if you've watched the replay, but the rematch between Secret Oath and Clarier, considering it was a four horse race, uh, was great spectacular and secret oath we talked about secret oath a few weeks ago maybe a horse for the course at oaklawn has run her best races there and even in defeat last week ran exceptional exploded down the stretch and clary air just you know kept coming and kept coming like we've seen her do so many times well, but, but like here's the thing you like and sorry to interrupt you monzo like we we talked about and we joked around a little bit earlier in the podcast again about getting rosario'd and getting into trouble but you want to know the brilliance of joel rosario watch him in the final eighth of a mile with clarier and his ability to finish in that race against secret oath and it was just you want to look at the strength of a jockey how a jockey can improve a horse how a jockey can will a horse. Look at what he did and the finishing kick of Clarier and his drive in that race on that filly. It was impressive. Yeah, it was it was tremendous. It's it's why you love the game. And look, that's not a knock on Secret Oath. She was awesome last week. She was great. Yeah, was there's great. no doubt. There's no doubt. But you know, we I've been a huge Clarier fan. She's also been a money burner too at times in her career and recently at times in her career. Uh, but that was a tremendous. Go back and watch that race if you haven't. Uh, tremendous, tremendous race and a great stretch. A lot more racing coming to you throughout the spring, throughout the summer, and we're going to bring it to you each and every week right here on Betting the Ponies. Moose, it's been fun. Hopefully, uh, next time we're talking, the Rangers are entering uh, the next round of the playoffs. Monzo's going to be out there, game four, Monday night. I will. Him and Colton are going to be out there, and there's no doubt, at Madison Square Garden. I took the boys and Donna on on Thursday night to the rock, the Prudential center uh, Rangers hockey. How good of a time of year is this? I mean, we've got horse racing. We've got Stanley cup playoffs. It's every night. There's action. You can stay up till two in the morning, watching hockey playoffs. Got the NBA playoffs. It's an unbelievable time of year. And I can wear shorts again because it's warm out. It is. It's beautiful out. Uh, Spring is here. Summer's coming. So uh, with that all, We'll see you guys next time. This is Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.